This podcast contains adult language and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Grant. And I'm Erica. And this is From From Crime Crime to to Crime. Crime. Welcome back, Murder Maniacs. Erica, do you like that one? Is that one better? No. That sounds like a shitty 80s band. (laughs) It does kind of sound like a shitty like 80s punk band, huh? Yeah, it does. I like like that name, but obviously you're not into that as a fan-based nickname, so we'll move on from it. But speaking of music, I'm sure everybody noticed that we have some new theme music uh, that brought us in today. We finally shook Tyson down enough where he finally made us a song. How I know. Nice. We kept bugging and pestering him, and he finally did it. And from crime to crime, officially has their very own copyrighted own theme song that is exclusive to us. So thank you very much, Tyson. Thank you, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a pretty uh, pretty fun weekend, didn't we? Yeah. Pretty intense. Yeah. So this weekend was my bachelor party weekend that Erica, my best man, bestest wench, or bestest mensch, sorry, take the wench part out, <laughs> bestest mensch. <laughs> I've been saying put bestest together. wench, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I can't, so cut that out. But um, we had a very fun-filled day on Saturday, and we recovered all day Sunday from it, <laughs> but it was a blast. We, I feel like I'm still recovering. Yeah, I no doubt. I, I know I drank a ton of water, so I was actually feeling pretty good uh, by the end of the day. But I know some other people <laughs> who uh, were definitely riding that struggle bus for, for quite a while. Yeah. It sounds like you included. Yeah. I haven't been that hungover since my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we definitely went all night. So that was yep. fantastic. But we, we ended at a at a drag bar. So we went to a drag show for the, for the rest of the night, but we did all these fun activities throughout the day. She did, you know, awesome. We had a pool party, played mini golf, went to the batting cages, dodgeball. I mean, at a barbecue, everything you could ask for. In a I day. wish that it did end at the drag show because I feel like I wouldn't be nearly as hungover if it would have ended there. <laughs> I know you wanted to go home, but the you problem know, is we handful. closed down the bars and we closed down all of the bars. Yep. So, yep. hey, you know, we had a good time. So thank you yes. very much for a wonderful weekend. I definitely, definitely had a blast and appreciate it. You're welcome. So. So. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say for this week, we're going to do kind of something that we've done before. And that's where Erica is going to tell me the story because I normally forget what they are anyway. And this way she gets to kind of tell one of her favorite cases i get to listen and we did that before and you guys had a lot of really good feedback from it so figured hey might as well do it again so we're back yeah plus it saves grant on having to do research and since he was busy (laughs) putting dollar bills in drag queen's bras over the weekend he didn't do a lot of research so hey you know we all (laughs) we all have their priorities that was mine this weekend not not research so i did what i was supposed to be doing Yep, that's true. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we should get into this case tonight because it's not a long one. It's actually probably pretty short, but my voice still it's hurts. Probably so. good. We've had a lot of long ones lately. So, 
Yeah. I'm sure these people are happy to have a break. Yeah, and I know that both of our voices are still recovering from... Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still very hoarse. From the concert we gave everybody all day on Saturday. I feel like that's all we did. It was me and you just sang to everybody all weekend. (laughs) You know, that's also something I just want to do. A sing-along with my friends all around? Hey, I was was having a great time, so... Yeah. uh, We'll get our voices back eventually. Yep. So tonight we're going to tell the story of Robert Fisher. Like... Bobby Fisher, the chess player? No. Oh. Like Robert Fisher, the dick. Oh, so- <laughs> all right. Robert Fisher, the dick. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So obviously you don't remember this case because you thought he was a chess player. So Well, Here I think we most people go. when they hear Robert or Bobby, they think of Bobby Fisher. I would have. Never I don't really know why that. he was so famous. I think he was just a really young chess player, but hmm. I know that name. Okay. Well, I don't know who you're talking about, so I'm going to move on to true crime, which is what I do know. Do you know about Lorena Bobbitt? I do know about Lorena Bobbitt. That would be a good one to tell, too. Yeah. Well, shit, Grant. No, we're already into this one. (laughs) Okay, so Robert Fisher was born in 1961 in Brooklyn, New York, And he moved to Arizona when he was a kid because he went to high school in Arizona, which is where he met his future wife, Mary. They met in high school or in Arizona? In high school in Arizona. Okay. Gotcha. Robert Fisher's parents got divorced when he was a teenager, and he took it very badly. Like, worse than most. Kind of like on the extreme end? Yeah, like divorce isn't easy for anybody, but in his late 30s, early 40s, he was still talking to coworkers about his parents' divorce. So, Oh, wow. And they got divorced when he was a teen and it was still sticking with him. Yeah, that's... Yeah. It really messed him up. Definitely. Sounds like it. Yeah. So Robert joined the Navy and he was in the Navy for a little while and then he married Mary Cooper in 1987 and he got out of the Navy and he became a firefighter. And they had two children, a daughter named Brittany and a son named Bobby, or Robert Jr. Is this Bobby Fisher? Is that the chess player? (laughs) No. Oh, all right. So he was an avid, avid outdoorsman, like hunter, fisherman. He would spend days in the woods trying to, like, survive off the land, stuff like that. Real Brian Laundrie type. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I was already getting kind of Brian Laundrie vibes from this guy, just... Goes out from the wilderness to see if he can survive on crackers yep. for a month, too. Yep. That's what he was known for. So he hurt his back at some point and had to have surgery on his back. So he couldn't be a firefighter anymore, which really caused a lot of problems in his life. He was angry about that, and he took it out mm, on his wife yeah. and kids. It was it was not good. Sounds like this was probably more of his identity than it was his job. Yeah, Yeah, okay. This wasn't good for him, but he ended up becoming a respiratory therapist at the Mayo Clinic after he couldn't be a firefighter anymore. Okay. I can see the the, kind of like that correlation. Yeah. Still in a job where he was helping people and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But they were having a lot of problems in their marriage because of this stuff, you know, with him being angry. He was known to be kind of like distant and sort of a control freak and just kind of had some issues. Very misogynistic. Mm -hmm. But that's not what he portrayed publicly 
publicly, he was like a devoted family man. They went to church. They were very involved in their church. Oh. Mary more so than Robert, but both of them were very involved in their Baptist church and did stuff with their kids. You know, just normal life stuff. Seemed successful, but things aren't always what they seem. And in 1998, he went to his pastor and confessed that he had been unfaithful to his wife. Oh, okay. They decided to get marriage counseling through their church, and she was pissed. I mean, as you would be. Pissed because he did it, or pissed because they went to marriage counseling, or both? No, no, no. Pissed because he was unfaithful. They'd been married for a long time. They were high school sweethearts. Like, she was upset, you know? Understandably so. Yeah, and they were known when they fought really bad that he would just take off. And he would go into the wilderness and camp for a couple of days and cool down with just him and his dog. And then he would come back and whatever, which a is a little like, more Brian Laundry kind of stuff. Yeah. Which doesn't seem like the best way to deal with your marriage problems, but whatever. <laughs> no, running from your problems generally isn't the best way to go about no. it in any situation. Exactly. So apparently he confessed about his infidelity because he contracted a UTI from what he says he fell into temptation at a massage parlor, which is kind of a cop out. Yeah, because it's not like you're going to a legit massage parlor for your hurt back and they're just offering like you have to seek out a shitty massage parlor for that to be a thing. Have I ever told you about rubmaps.com? This isn't a no. plug. This is. Have I ever what? told you about this? No. Oh, so remember when we lived in that condo or whatever it was? Um, oh, yeah, you guys had one st- right there on Molina. Yeah, we had that. It was called Pearl Spa right across the street. And it absolutely I had actually, was. It was next door to that sushi place. Yeah, so I actually had hurt my back, and Christine was like, oh, well, do you want to run over there and you know, maybe get a massage? And I was like, well, I mean, maybe it is across the street, very convenient. We looked it up, and we couldn't find it. Like, there was no listing for it at all on Google, on Yelp, anywhere. Oh, yeah, because they don't want records of that kind of thing i finally found it and it was on this this website called rubmaps.com the only place i could find it was was there and like their logo was like a woman in like um like lingerie and i was beside myself like there was a straight up rub and tug across the street and did you go get a massage no well that's the other thing too was because she had called and they and left a message and they didn't call her back. But then I called like 15 minutes later just to try again. And they called Christine back and said, sorry, we don't have any availability. And they called me back and said, what time do you want to book for? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at this That's point, funny. we had already kind of figured out what was going on. And we were like, um, we don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But. Christine Great. almost you sent have, me to one. That would have been a one. great story. Oh my god, I would have been so uncomfortable. I didn't. I wouldn't know yeah, how to act. That would have been a way things. better story. Oh, well. Just saying. Sorry, guys. Well, I'll go. I'll go back. You know what? I'm going to no, go I'm back sure just for the podcast. Those places don't last very long. Oh, we'll they move we'll around. We'll see. So anyway, so this is why he ended up confessing to his extramarital shenanigans was because he got a UTI from this lady and he was really sick. And so he decided to turn his life around and he was going to go to church more. He was going to be devoted to his family. He was going to do this, do that. 
And this is what he was telling his friends and his pastor and everything, because he literally said, he's like, I can't live without my family. Divorce isn't an option for me. My parents' divorce almost ruined me. I would never put my kids through that. Like, he literally told friends that he would consider suicide before divorce. Oh, like man. he was adamant that divorce was not an option. Yeah, he really was on the extreme side of that, you know, whole divorce of his parents thing. And I can yeah. understand him not wanting to put his kids through that, too. But, I, you know, again, that was the extreme side. Most people, though it is a difficult situation, most people don't have those kinds of extreme feelings. But yeah, they happen to bad. you. You know, I get it. Yeah. No, I know. So in the spring of 2001, Mary had been telling her friends that things were not going well. And there's been rumors that he was having another affair or something was going on, but things weren't going very well. And she was talking about leaving Robert. And that's bad news because he was not interested in that. Well, it's interesting because he's so against divorce and yet he's not doing everything he can to protect himself from it either. So, you know, right? I mean, it kind of, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, well, don't be a dick then, and your wife probably wouldn't leave Right. You. I was kind of thinking, like, that kind of plays into that whole misogynistic, you know, right. point earlier, too. So, yeah, okay. So, this all comes to a head on the morning of April 10th, 2001. 911 was alerted at 8.42 a.m. to an explosion at the Fisher home. Mm, an explosion. Yeah, this wasn't just like a house fire or a little explosion. This was bad. Oh, yeah, it blasted brick walls down. It shook neighbors' houses for a half a mile. The flames were Wow. Yeah, the flames were 20 feet in the air. It was pretty pretty bad. So, firefighters Can I can I make a guess on what I think caused the explosion? Sure. He's a respiratory therapist. I think that he somehow got oxygen tanks in his garage to blow up. Nope. Oh, man. But that was a good guess. That, I mean, that would Thanks. make I sense. Would, does it have to, anything to do, to do with, like, propane tanks? N no. <laughs> oh, all right. So at this point, we don't even know that he did this. This could be an accident. I mean, we know that he did this because he's on a true crime podcast, but the firefighters... <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, but the firefighters don't know. They don't know if this is an accident or what's going on. You know, they're trying to figure out who lives in this house, try to get a hold of the family. Hopefully they're not home. They have to keep their distance, though, while still trying to salvage the neighbors' homes from catching on fire. But there's little explosions going off here and there, which turned out later to be rifle ammunition that was in the house and paint cans and, like you said, propane oh. cans from the barbecues. Like, this was bad. Well, what set it off? So it turns out, after the investigation is done, that a, ga a natural gas line was cut. Oh, easy access. And so it was filling the home with gas, and then a candle was lit upstairs. Oh. So after hours of the house being filled with gas and that candle being lit, kaboom. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Easy access, and it was cut, so it's not like it just came undone. So no, no, no. He, they know that- Yeah. It's, this was bad. Yeah, they know it's on purpose. Yes. Yeah, this is bad. But they didn't know that right away. This is just a whole different kind of like family annihilator, though. I mean, normally you hear about shootings, stabbing, strangling. But this, I mean, 
Right. This gets attention quick. Yeah. So they didn't know right at first what was going on, but they did find three bodies inside the home once everything settled. And they knew right away that two of them were the children because they were small. But the third one was right. an adult, and they didn't know if it was Mary or Robert because Mary's car was missing. So they put out a bolo for Mary's car and whichever adult was driving it. And wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is, what is a bolo? A be on the lookout. Like the, oh, they send to be, other cops to be on the lookout for. Oh, I've I did not know that. I didn't. I do know about bolo ties. I have two myself, <laughs> but I had no idea that in the police terms, a bolo was a be on the lookout. So we all learned something today. <laughs> well, everybody else knew that. You learned something today. <laughs> if you did or didn't know that, go to our Instagram at From Crime to Crime. And let us know, did you know what bolo meant? Or did you think it was a tie like I did? <laughs> I really want to get a third one that has like a scorpion and resin on like the slider part. Ooh, but, I have a ton of resin yeah. left over from your bachelor party. Oh, really? Yeah. And you have a ton of scorpions in Nevada, so. We do. Although, maybe we, we can try not to have a ton of scorpions. I pay a company a lot of money to make sure that we don't. <laughs> but one yeah, or two sneak through that, here and there. Well, maybe we can find some and make an... Make a, uh, you know, a little bolo business. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. That's beside the point, Grant. Come on. Sorry. Back on track, kid. So, <laughs> anyway, this episode's real loose, guys, because we're not feeling great still. Hangovers are hit a lot different when you're 34 than when you're... And I have a bone to pick with you. In multiple episodes... Me? Yeah. In multiple episodes, you've told people that I'm 34, and I am not. Well, I know. Ex- I know. <laughs> but I'm just saying we were born in the same year. I know, but you, you were, were born just born in at the end of the year. Yeah, I was born at the beginning. You were born at the end. So, so I'm almost a solid year younger than you. It yeah, it is. It is true that I know you're right. But I mean, I know. I'm know. just saying. You See, say it all the time. We're 34. We're not 34. You are 34. <laughs> so anyway, hangovers hit a lot different at 33 or 34. Unless you drink a lot of water, because I feel great. So. Ugh. I hate it. And then I try to chew one of those liquid IV things. Oh, my God. that They are so salty. You know, I've heard a lot of complaints about that, but then I watched other guys at the bachelor party just pour it straight into their mouth <laughs> and then just guzz it, guzzle it down. So, I know. You know. I should have done that. So Ugh. anyway, where were we? We were about how the house blew up. Yeah. And it was caused by a cut gas line upstairs. They found the three bodies. They didn't yeah. know if. So they do a be on the lookout for the car. They're trying to find out if Robert's at work, if Mary has the car, and that's Robert inside. That's when they realized that this fire was intentional. This explosion was intentional. The gas line was cut. A candle was lit to cause the gas to explode. This was not an accident. And this is also when they realized that all three of the bodies are in their beds, which is not, oh. not usual. Like, if... If it had been a slow fire and smoke took over and like or carbon monoxide or something and made them pass out to where they didn't get out, then yeah. But something that was so sudden like that should have it should have they should have gotten up and made it farther away from their beds than they were. So that was a bad sign. So this is trigger warning because we're going to talk about some pretty gnarly stuff here for a second. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah, but after the autopsies were performed, it turns out that both children's throats were slit so deep they were almost decapitated. Oh my God, you really weren't prepared for that. Yeah. Oh, Why trigger warning, man? You? Yeah, but geez, Louise, that yeah. was. I'm a little triggered right now. Yep. 
And then it turns out the third body was Mary, which obviously you on the podcast know that because, you know, this is a murder podcast. So we knew it was going to be her and not Robert. Well, does she have a slit neck too or any other injuries? She does. She, her throat was also slit to the point where she was almost decapitated and she was shot in the head. Oh yeah. All right. There goes that. I had, I had a little bit of a theory that maybe, you know. Maybe she cut the line, but, you know, uh, no. we're out. That one's gone. Not yeah. a chance. This dude's nuts. Yep. So, obviously, Robert's body is nowhere in the house, nowhere around. They can't find him. So, he's on the run. Yeah. Did they also get Dog the Bounty Hunter to come looking for him, or is that not no. yet? No. Okay. But this is very in the vein of Brian Laundry, which is what made me think to do this case this week. But also, we had wanted to talk about this case, like, a long time ago. And we just never got to it because we did the John List thing and it's very similar. So we kind of held off on it for a while. Yeah, it's it is similar because I did definitely think of List while this was going on. But it's just it's a completely different kind of family annihilator that we really don't hear a lot about. I mean, this this was a big one. You know, I mean, most obviously John List tried getting, you know, tried making it inconspicuous so he could get away. Right. And he did for a long time. But yeah. So by April 14th, Robert was named the official suspect in the murders and they were on the lookout for him. Like, I mean, they were searching for him. It was all over. It was a huge case. And they put out a statewide bulletin for his arrest. So similar to the Brian Laundry thing, you know. Yeah. And but no dog, the bounty hunter. So so far, so far, dog hasn't been able to find Brian. So who found who found this guy? Um. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. The last video surveillance they have of him is from the night before the explosion. He was seen on an ATM video camera taking $280 out of him and his wife's account at 10.38 p.m. And judging by the explosion and everything that happened and the cutting the line and the candle and everything, they said that that would have taken about eight hours like for the house to fill up with gas and the explosion to happen. So he had a pretty good right. head start. But I've always thought like $280 doesn't seem like a lot of money to like just turn around and start a new life. No, it doesn't. But hey, maybe that's what it costs for like a new ID and social security card and stuff. Maybe that's maybe it cost 200 bucks and he took 80 of it. So he had something and didn't want to take out too much to look look weird. Know. You think you think that might be it? It's got to cost more than 200 bucks to have a new identity, right? Yeah, I would think. A lot of people are like, well, he took off and killed himself. It's like, well, it doesn't cost $280 to go kill yourself. So what was the point of the ATM thing? I don't know. But that was the last video surveillance, and he was driving his wife's car. Oh, okay. So we know he definitely did it then. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Because that was a big thing at first, too, was that her family, a lot of people didn't think that he did this. And they went on TV and they were like, not our Robert, not our... It's like, your Robert just killed your daughter. But Uh, they came around eventually, but in the beginning, they didn't think he did it. What a supportive family. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious at this point. (laughs) I mean, what more did they need? Yep. So on April 20th, which was 10 days after the explosion, the last, like, evidence of Fisher ever was found. And they found his wife's Toyota 4Runner and his dog, whose name was Blue, in the Tonto National Forest, which was like 100 miles north of Scottsdale. I've heard this story. Yeah. I, now I, I remember now because... The dog had made a bed underneath the truck and was sleeping underneath the truck. And when they found the dog, yeah, yeah. they said it, was it like looked a white... like he, 
they said it looked like that he hadn't yep. been that he hadn't eaten in days and that he had been left there. I remember this story now. Leave it to the dog to for me to remember, but yeah, no, I remember. But it was in the Tonto National Forest, like which he had been known to hunt and fish and do things there. Like he knew that area well. Just like Brian Laundrie. Man, yeah. these two really do have a lot of similarities. Yeah. So in July of 2001, the Arizona Superior Court issued an arrest warrant for Fisher for three counts of first-degree murder and one count of arson. So eventually he was declared a fugitive, and a federal arrest warrant was issued by the United States District Court of the District of Arizona, and he was charged with unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. So he's a fugitive. I mean, they've charged him with these murders. Right. Right. So on in June of 2002, he was put on the FBI's most 10 most wanted list and he's been there ever since and they've never he's found him. He's never been found? Nope. 20 years. What? Yep. He's never been found and nope. He's he's oh, do you think him and Brian Laundrie are together? How come we haven't found Brian Laundrie yet either? I thought Dog was like imminently going to pick him up. I know. TMZ said within the hour. I'm like fuck you, TMZ. Yeah, and TMZ's usually pretty legit. Yeah. So the biggest lead that there's really been is in February of 2004, a guy in Canada was arrested and he looked exactly like Robert Fisher. He was Ooh. missing a tooth where Robert Fisher had a gold tooth. Okay. He had a scar on his back that looked just like Robert Fisher's scar from his back surgery. Okay. And he looked like him. And they were like, oh my gosh. This is him. We found him. And they even brought one of Robert Fisher's old neighbors that knew him up to Canada and put him in this jail, like pretended to arrest him and put him undercover in this jail to see if Robert Fisher would recognize him or if he would recognize, like to like try to get him to say who he was. And that guy's like, it was him for sure. It's him. Like he looked at me. We made eye contact. He like gave me that like, oh, my God, what are you doing here? Look. But when they ran that guy's fingerprints, it wasn't him. What? What? Yeah. How? And that guy's mother even had to come down and identify him and be like, nope, this is not, this is my son, not Robert Fisher. And people were like, oh, well, you can alter fingerprints. But the cops were like, yeah, but there's evidence when you do that. Like you have scars and burn marks and stuff on your fingerprints. Like this guy had fingerprints and they weren't robert fisher's fingerprints what in the world what are the odds that somebody looks identical Dude, to him doppelgangers i yeah i know but like the down to the scars and everything like that's what's crazy like it's i know one thing to look like somebody but have like the same scars that they do and i know, know other distinguishing features that's nuts so he's considered armed and dangerous and he has ties to florida arizona new mexico and i would say canada <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but the FBI says, no, it's not him. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. That is pretty so bad. So wow. the two main theories of what happened to him are pretty much the same as Brian Laundrie. He either committed suicide in that forest and they just didn't find his body, or he's gone, <laughs> started a new life. I think he's gone and started a new life. Wow. That's a nutty story. Yeah. It is it is kind of a nutty story. And there's been a lot of tips and sightings and things, but none that have ever like panned out. Yeah, there's always lots of tips and sightings for somebody who's missing. They never pan out. So although yeah. this one in Canada sounds like it probably had some feet to it. So I don't yep. know. Like 
but down to the fingerprints, like that's what you use to bail you out when you need something to bail you out. Yeah. Wow. So a couple of the like shoot off theories are that he was having another affair and that whoever the woman was that he was having another affair with helped him get away because his dog blue went with him when he did this hunting and fishing. You know, he was like a hunting dog, you know? Yeah. So if Robert Fisher would have taken his dog with him, if he was going to commit suicide, first of all, why'd you take your dog with you? And if you did take your dog with you, why wouldn't a lot of people kill their dogs too? And yeah. he didn't kill his dog, but he left his dog. But I mean, maybe he took his dog with him because he didn't expect to commit suicide or do what he was going to do. Maybe he didn't have a plan yet. He just knew he had to get going. And when push came to shove, was the dog tied up or anything? Or was it just outside? No. Nope. It was just made itself a little bed underneath the car and that was it. That's the other thing that's weird too, is that if he would have walked off into that forest, why wouldn't the dog follow him? Yeah. Exactly. So a lot of people think this means that he was picked up by somebody. Yeah, I think so too. Because if he would have walked off, whether to go start a new life or to go kill himself, you think the dog would have followed him. Yeah, 100%. And even if the dog did follow him and then came back, when the searchers got there, the dog would have taken them to him. I mean, hopefully. Not not every dog is lassie, but yeah, hopefully. Yeah, but he was a hunting dog. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I know, but those weren't his owners or anything, so I don't know. I think Yeah. I think you watched So a lot of the really Lassie. disfortunate part is that he is just a guy. Like there's nothing distinct about him. He's like a normal Like Brian Laundry. There's all those other people who I know are like, Hey, how do I not get this like get looked at as Brian Laundry? Yep. What a crazy case. So this dude's just out and about most likely. You know, it could be next door, could be anywhere, so we need to post a picture of yeah. him so everyone can go kind of see what he yeah. looks like and see if it's their now neighbor. So the FBI believes that he might be working in some sort of medical position like he was before or living in a small town with just like a under the table kind of job, like under an assumed name. And hmm. I don't know. I could see that working just kind of some dead end jobs, just, you know, making ends meet. Maybe maybe even like sleeping in uh, like parking lots, like, you know, like. Pedophiles have to do sometimes when they can't when they can't find a place to live. You know, kind of the same idea. I could see that. That's a, that that makes sense. Maybe other missing people are doing the same thing. And yeah, they're just staying off the grid. Yep. So Robert Fisher has been officially indicted by a grand jury in Arizona for the murder of his 38 year old wife Mary, his 12 year old daughter Brittany, and his 10 year old son Bobby. Yeah. Well, hopefully one day so. uh, they can bring bring some justice down on that. Yeah, so we'll post a picture of him and see if anybody has seen him. If you live next to him, definitely let somebody know. You can let us know, and then we'll let authorities know, or you can go straight to authorities, whatever whatever works for you. That's the other thing is I wonder if John Walsh ever looked for Robert Fisher. I never saw anything about, like, America's Most Wanted or anything. I'm sure he was. I Yeah, he'd probably have to be on something like that. Probably a list, too, if he is still alive. He was probably watching it. <laughs> Encouraged others to watch it, too. I know. Well, that's why I mentioned that. Because that's how John Liss got caught. Yeah. Like an idiot. Like, hey, go watch, you know, wait for my episode to come out. Yeah. Yep. Gnarly. So, well, I like well, that story a lot. That's the story of Robert Fisher, but the sucky part is that we never found him. So, yeah. So, that's kind of the one part that I do wish was different. I wish we had found him because I do like when cases are solved, but oh, the yeah. story itself is super cool. So I'm glad we did it. I'm glad you told me that story. That was a nice little, nice little story time we had. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back at you guys next week with a longer one. Once we're 
fully recovered from our shenanigans. Once our once both of our voices are back. So, yeah, we just wanted to make sure we got something out. Got to hang out with you a little bit. We love hanging out with you. That's why we come back every week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. Well, hey, this was awesome. Thanks again. And uh, yeah, if anyone, we are newly on Twitter. So go check out our Twitter. Um, I need to find out our handle because I don't remember it. So hang on. Well, you look that up while I put the disclaimer that I am in no way, shape, or form involved in our Twitter. Nope. So Twitter is anything all that me. comes out of Twitter is all Grant. So if you have any issues with anything he tweets, shoot him towards Grant. And our Twitter handle is from crime, the number two crime. All right. So come check us out there. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We are on the TikTok as well. All right, guys. All right. We will see you next week. Sounds good. I love you. Love you. Bye.